Boo! Did I scare you? Sorry, it's just me, Dan, from Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBoof. Now, this is a very special episode. It is our spooky Halloween episode because uh, it's the 31st of October. So, make sure you've got candy for the kitties if they knock on your door or at least a spook for them. I won't tell you any more, but... Our musical maestro here at Totally Obsessed, Caleb Garfinkel, has created a very spooky intro. So, ladies and gentlemen, boos and ghouls, this is Totally Obsessed. Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBoof. Talking to spooky people about the spooky thing that spooks them. Oh, I hope that didn't scare you too much. Welcome to a spooky Halloween edition of Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBoof, because ghosts say boo. I thought that was pretty good, uh, and I think this is a pretty good podcast. Bree Williams is my guest. Um, I've known Bree for years. Uh, not only have we worked together on The Bachelor Unpacked, but also we work together at The Big Hoo-Ha, which is an improv group here in Melbourne. Um, I'll do a plug, 8pm Friday nights at the Butterfly Club. It's the best improv show in Melbourne, according to me. And you can see us there sometimes. But I realised, as I said, that October 31 is Halloween. And I know Brie is obsessed with lots of things. But as you'll hear in our introduction, I suggested bats might be a good Halloween option. But by the end of the podcast, I almost felt guilty suggesting bats because they get a really unfair deal. Why are they associated with spookiness? We go into that. There's so many interesting bat facts in here. So, hold on to your witches' hats. Happy Halloween, spooksters. This is Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBoof, the Halloween special with Bree Williams. many things. Yeah. Um, but today I'm going to talk about the obsession you asked me to speak about. No, don't say that. Make it seem... What I No, okay, all right. So what I'll say is I don't like to, you know, guide people too much and I like to be pleasantly surprised by what they um, bring to the table. But I realised that because I release the podcast on Wednesdays, <laughs> Halloween yep. is on a Wednesday. Mm. That hallowed even... Ian falls on a Wednesday and I thought, you know, something spooky maybe might be appropriate. And I know that you are obsessed with like, you know, animalia in general, Mm. right? Animals for people who don't speak Latin. And (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that's only two people in Melbourne. <laughs> well, I've got to say, this is a pretty uh, woke yeah. uh, podcast listenership. Um, but I thought spooky animal. And I know you are super into bats. I love bats. Exactly. So yeah. I thought that kind of came together. So now that all the fun has been sucked out of it. <laughs> Brie, hey, 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 Brie. Brie, just uh, what are you obsessed with? Um, bats. Yes. I love bats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I love bats. Um, I think they are so amazing. There's theories about them, about them being related to primates, mm-hmm. which is bizarre. Which is us. Which is us, yep. yep. Um, which is, they're also an animal that, because they are mammals that fly, they're the only mammal that's really able to sustain flight. So they're the only ones that properly fly. So every other mammal is kind of more of a glider. Um, Like us. Like us, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so they, I think it's called the limina. I should have checked this just before I started recording this. But it's, um, uh, but they're, they're sort of a creature that occupies... A, a sort of an other space in the world. Oh. Like they're not quite, they're not quite anywhere. They're these mm. kind of extra um, beings. Well, they do kind of look like um, some sort of rodent or something, <laughs> but with wings. So that would make sense. Yeah. They're, they're not that. Um, they are their own class. But okay. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So what is their class? Cord, cord, no. Cordata. It's not. I don't think it is Cordata. Cord- I'm not very good with this. If anyone's listening and wants to weigh in. Well, I always say this, though, to people who come on the podcast. I always say, you're not here to be an expert. You're here to be obsessed. I'm here to be a sexpert. <laughs> that just comes with the territory. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Which is short for sex pervert. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I was what I was actually going to say, if anyone is listening and wants to weigh in, don't ever at me. <laughs> like, I hate being corrected. And Bat I- me, don't at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I just, I hate when people are like, actually. And as you know, in one of my roles in the world, I do speak a lot about animals. Well, because you, are you allowed to say what I never say. Okay. <laughs> but you work somewhere with lots of animals. I do. And um, I, you know, a lot of people love coming up to me after and being like, mm, you know what you did wrong there. Yeah. Oh. Is that really right? And I'm okay. like, thank you for keeping me honest, but uh, just trust me that I know this. Are you doing a disclaimer right now? Um, I'm actually, I, I, I will fully admit that I love bats, but I am not like au fait with some of the kind of real trappings of them. And partly the reason why is because bats make all tw- like 20% of all mammal species. They're, the, the biggest group, almost, of all mammals. How is that possible? I mean, guess, yeah, when you see them fly through the sky, you're like, God, there's thousands of them. There really are. But there's way less now than there ever have been before because lots of species of bat are critically endangered or extinct or just declining in the same way that bees are mysteriously That's declining. That's I was thinking. Yeah. Colony collapse. Yeah. Is there a collective noun for bats? Um, I feel like there might be a good one. There's probably a good one. I, have, I don't know. A coffin or a... Well, I know yeah. where they live is called roosts, but... Um, mm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to Google it right now. Okay, cool. Maybe it's like a um, like a Christian bale of bats. <laughs> yeah, an Adam West. An Adam West of bats. Collective <laughs> noun for bats. This is great stuff. Learning right. it on the job. This is your last chance... So, okay, you know how sometimes when you see collective nouns 
and there's a boring one and a fun one. Yes. So it'll say like the collective noun is a herd, but the fun one is like a clatter of antelopes or something like that. <laughs> yeah. right? I just made that up. I don't know. Don't at me. Um, actually, please do. Like, I love attention. I'm like the opposite of you. You're like, oh, can everyone stop giving me attention? I'm like, can, can I get some bloody attention here? Um, at Dan DeBoof on every social media platform, even LinkedIn. Um, so the the what do you reckon the boring one is? I think it's a roost or a colony. Got it. Colony. Yeah. 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 What do you reckon the fun one is? Um, a skitter. The hint, right, yeah. is in when I talked about when you see them all fly through the air. That's the hint. Thousands? <laughs> cloud. Oh, a cloud, a of, cloud bats. of bats. Yeah. That's so interesting. So next time, like, you you hear someone say, look at that lovely cloud, you'll get all excited because you'll be like, oh, bats. bats. Yeah. <laughs> or when you like, store your photos in the cloud. It's like, oh. why are you trusting your photos with bats? Yeah. I would I would trust bats with my photos probably more <laughs> than the cloud. Yeah, more than more than Apple. <laughs> um, give me some bat facts. Okay. What, like, what do you hit the audiences with when you're talking about bats? So my favourite thing about bats is, aside from the fact that they are so plentiful, is yeah, that is actually... No, let's go back to that because that is super weird because... There's heaps of them. Is it because they're small? Like, you think there must be heaps of elephants, but they just they take up a lot of room? <laughs> there are heaps of elephants. They're not as many as there should be, but there's, like, <laughs> several thousand. Not in Africa, there's far less. Anyway, elephants are really endangered. Um, don't buy ivory. What is it besides cane toads? Like, every, like beef. Beef. Yeah, yeah, there's probably... I reckon... The or as you call them, cows. <laughs> <laughs> In French, isn't the word for cow, like, literally, like, boeuf? No, it's in vache. Oh, like in Spamalot. <laughs> okay. The, the musical that no one quotes. All right. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, so, so why get, are there so many bats? Well, because they are in every ecosystem they yeah. have a role. And because they also have such a varied diet, they are, they kind of fit into these spots. They're also so widely spread and are on every continent except the cold ones that um, they, like, are just found everywhere. And, okay. and and as a result of that, people are like, bats are common, but the range of differences between the species, there's thousands and thousands of species of bats, and they're all important, like every single one. It's not are like they, people. When you talk about diet, are some carnivorous, like, and some are um, vegetable, and some are <laughs> mineral? I don't know. Like, are they... Yeah, some are mineral. <laughs> some only eat iron ore. <laughs> they Give me that bauxite. <laughs> bauxite. Dan is mad for bauxite, by oh, the way. I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> it unrefined aluminium or something? <laughs> yes. I don't know. So, some are insectivorous. There's, so to- is that different to carnivorous or is that just... It's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. They eat insects. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, is really fascinating because some cultures do eat insects and some cultures eat bats. <laughs> Like thousands of cultures, thousands of cultures. Mm. There's, I want to say there's more than 1,000 cultures. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I've got an image in my head of a bat on a mm. shish kebab uh, skewer shish just kebab. slowly roasting. Shish kebab. Yeah. yeah. That seems like something I might have seen on the internet. That's probably something. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we, we're always like, you know, us over here in our lovely Western world, we're like, no, I'm eating yeah, things yeah. that we don't eat. But yeah, like, correct. there's yeah. gross things everywhere, mm. um, particularly in, you know, well, like foie gras. Is that how I say it right? Foie gras? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Okay. That stinks. That practice is terrible. <laughs> they call it the gavage, where okay. they put a funnel into a 
goose's mouth and, <laughs> and get the corn to grind into a paste so it just goes straight down the throat. That's so funny. The goose never says, could I please have some gavage? It just goes like he just gets a pipe in his mouth. Yeah. And then they take the pipe out and his belly's full. That's horrifying. I know. It's like like going to the hospital and having to get fed through a tube, but like you're not getting cured from your lupus at the same time. He never eats. Yeah. It just He just... Every he's now and full. then a tube is in his mouth and then he's like, what? Full. What horrible French king invented? Are French the worst white people? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, colonialism was a bit of a stuff up by my people, I've got to admit. <laughs> um, anyway. anyway, so bats. Yep. So, yeah, so they basically... Everywhere you look, bats are contributing to an ecosystem in some way. So we have the grey-headed flying fox as one of our our most plentiful bats here on the East Coast. And those are the bats you would see um, flying in a cloud over the sky when when the sun is setting. Yeah, okay. So their job is, um, as with so many herbivorous animals, is to eat the fruit. And when they fly around, spreading the seeds through either defecating the seeds out or by like getting a bit of fruit, taking it to the next location, catching up with Darren, the bat friend, mm-hmm. and then being like, all right, bye. And then just like leaving that bit of fruit there. Oh, it's like um, how bees pollinate flowers. It is exactly yeah. that. Yeah. At the same time, bats are also doing that. So they've got Velcro fur. They have Velcro yeah, fur. Yeah. Um, and the pollen, like, or not pollen, the fruit bits or whatever. Yeah, stitch there but also fruit. like you're not going to be able to like grab a fruit without also grabbing other bits and pieces from the tree uh, in the same yeah, way yeah, that yeah, you yeah. can't walk outside in Melbourne at this time of and year. And not get covered in hay fever. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know my pain. Oh my God, it's absolute hell. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. been terrible. <laughs> I had an asthma attack the other day. Um, so it's about, it's, it's bats and, and lots of birds as well are just as important as bees in so many mm-hmm. environments that need pollination. The other side is, you know, your insectivorous bats. So there are megabats and there are microbats, and we have both here in Victoria. That's cool. Yeah. And micro- how big is a megabat and how big is a microbat? I'm um, okay. So it's this is an audio medium, so yeah. you guys can't see my hands. I'll, I'll try and explain it. Okay, but a megabat's like that. Like, okay, so like a large computer monitor or a small TV. Yeah, something like yeah. that. But a In microbat, terms of width, and again, wingspan. Yeah, yeah, but they can get to various sizes as well, just yeah. because there's thousands of other species Correct. of bats. Yeah. The smallest, one of the smallest extant mammals, so they think it's arguably the smallest mammal. Can you define the word extant? Nope. <laughs> okay, but you know to say it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, is uh, like, it's a. Uh, Oh, I've forgotten the name of it, but it's literally a bat that's about an inch long. It's like wow. that big. So that's the smallest microbat. And, and that's p- with its wings stretched. Yeah. It's potentially wow. the smallest mammal. Yeah. So super cute. And they eat insects. A tiny little bat like that can eat probably about 3,000 insects a night. Now, if we didn't have thousands wow. of microbats eating insects, what would happen? So, and these microbats are in Australia? Yeah. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. So I could like potentially see one, you or was they not in the city? Um, no, they're around. They're in urban areas, probably wow. more over toward like Parkville and Brunswick and stuff. But they're, they're just they're an animal that so is... that in terms of people who don't know Melbourne, that's like inner north. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're they're everywhere, you know, and they're tiny. They're like our microbats would probably be like that big. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So where do they all live? 
Like during the day, like in... Like, in clouds. <laughs> yeah. no, that's when they're on the move, but like in their roosts. Where are their roosts? Yeah. So around the world, people have started to contribute to the ecology of bats through making things like bat houses. And they're just basic. They are like off in their roofs and they do like to roost together and they might fly out together as well. Um, but like in general, their, their social structure. And again, this varies so wildly from species to species, Mm -hmm. Yeah. but you see the mega bats. They're often just like kind of in trees together. Just like, this is fine. Like I love hanging out with you, but in terms of their social structure, I'm actually unsure as to whether or not there's like a dominant bat. Like alphabet and alphabets. <laughs> and I'm, there is definitely in some species with our mega bats. I'm actually not sure without um, the gray headed flying fox and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, yeah, so they live in caves. So there's um, well, that makes sense because yeah. I remember going to the zoo as a kid and they had the nocturnal house, which mm. was basically a building you could walk through and they'd made fake caves inside it. Yeah, yeah. And that was where they kept all the nighttime animals. Yeah. And it so- was super creepy. And bats are one of them. Yeah. And you can see them whipping through, uh, I want to say corridors, but that's not the right word. What do you call like... Well, it was like that exhibit at Perth Zoo, which is the one you're talking about. Yes, it is. It's like um, meant to look like an abandoned mine shaft. That Uh, makes sense now that I think about it. Because there's heaps of those around Perth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it is a nice place for the bats to go. So anywhere dark that's during the day, like all nocturnal animals. So possums, you know, there's a possum probably within about... A meter of us somewhere. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're everywhere. So any nocturnal animal knows to find a roost that's safe and dark wow. and cooler if it's hot and warmer if it's cold. Um, but bats do tend to gather together. So there's a cave in Mexico or New Mexico. <sighs> is it find- in the US or is it in Mexico? I think it's in Mexico. Right. And it has like the largest colony of bats and it's over like 3 million bats. And so tourists wow. like go there to watch the bats leaving the roost at night and it can take like two hours for all the bats to go and people just stand there and film it. I watched a video of it in preparation for this and I was like, that's heaps of bats. It's not, well, not so much a cloud as it is a typhoon of bats. I remember um, I did a trip to the Komodo Islands mm. and I we were on this boat and we saw all these bats fly through the sky. Yeah. It was so loud, like sirens. We were like, wow, taking photos. And the guy who was running the tour, the local guy, was just like, oh, just you wait. And it was one of those things where, you know, like we got way too excited about the entree because <laughs> when the main meal came, like the sky was black. Like it was like, far out. Yeah. That's amazing. That's one of the added bonuses. Like you think Komodo Islands, wow, you're going to see dragons. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of bats too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while you're telling that story, I have the ability to listen and... <laughs> and you were multitasking? I was multitasking. It really bothered me that I couldn't remember what extant was. It just means still surviving. Oh, great. So still in existence. <laughs> I knew it was back there somewhere and I was like, yeah. That's a good bit of um, podcast learning yeah. for people listening. Yeah. They now have learned a word. I was word. like, extant, it means yeah. like something. Yeah, anyway, it really bothered me. And this is, this is my issue is that if I don't know something, it really pisses me off. But if someone corrects me, it also pisses me off. So basically, the rule You've with me got is got to learn yeah, that research. Yeah, 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 everyone just leave me alone until I've sorted it out on my own. <laughs> do not I can at do me. it on my own, yeah. but you haven't yet. Yeah, well, I will now. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very. Uh, that's very core to my character. Why? Um, do you, why do you think bats mm. are so spooky? Okay, so this is where this for me comes like becomes really interesting. 
Because it's not just bats. It's all animals have this projection that we like force on them. And, you know, it's like cats, for instance. Yeah. A lot of people like cats. Cats are so independent. They can take care of themselves. To to believe that about an animal that is domesticated and has been for thousands of years yeah. is so incorrect. Like, yes, they're probably slightly more independent and less um, needing of attention than a dog, which is more of a pack creature. But, like, the idea that you can just leave a cat to its own devices is is um, not correct. But because of their character, this, like, kind of story that we've placed on them, mm. a lot of people are like, off you go, cat, and like feel like they never need to do things like that enrich their animal or play with them or whatever. So it's really, it's really fascinating, and you see this constantly mm. all the time. Like, and and you, you and I both do it all the time as well. Like, lions is another really good one. Like the first character quality that comes to comes to mind when you think of lions is brave. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And and there is no real reason for us no. to think that. <laughs> yeah, but you think Lionheart. Yep. Like you think Big Main Raw. Yeah. Gryffindor, um, Gryffindor. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I there was a cool thing on the ABC the other day where they got a bunch of data about the top one hundred kids books, like <laughs> picture books. Okay. And they presented the data. As a picture book. Mm. So, as you scroll through your browser, you go to a new page. And it was about a bear. Oh. And the first thing... Are you looking this up because you've just learned to read? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a real sucker for any website that, um, <laughs> as you scroll down, things start to pop up and yeah. happen. Like, interactive story websites. Like, yeah. yeah, I can read an article. But if you make it whiz-bang, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so easily impressed. The colours changed. Whoa. Um, And so the first thing that really, um, as a a man, sometimes uh, you get these moments where you go, whoa, like uh, uh, I'm so um, closed-minded. But they had this bear as the main character. And the first thing they were like, blah, blah, welcome. This is blah, 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 the bear. She, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bears can be girls. Bears can be girls, (laughs) right? And as the story went on, uh, it revealed the fact that of all the picture books, you know, this many contained animals, this many contained blah, blah, whatever, right? This many had anthropomorphized animals, just like animals who are like humans and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, 0% had of, of books that were about animals that act like humans had um, a female character who was a predatory animal or a large animal. Like a, you know, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, like a okay. Like any lion or bear or tiger or all that, all male. Right. And that's kind of yeah. what you're saying, right? We put these um, expectations yes. that we bring this to these animals. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm. It is. And it's constant and it's so interesting. It's so interesting. And yes, again, uh, working around animals, most people looking at them will say, Oh, look what he's doing. Um, and it's just, it's such a natural thing. And, and I do it too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very, very natural. Um, and it's just this, this idea that, uh, that animals in some way are the same as us. And truthfully, animals have these complex emotional lives that yeah. mirror ours, but are not the same. And that's wonderful. And that's, 
So to circle back to what we were talking about, um, bats. bats are associated with spookiness for yeah. a few reasons. And the, the biggest one is their nocturnal behavior. So like yes. the night is this thing. People are so afraid of the night, which is absolutely fair because like- when you can see less. Yeah, you can see less. That's the main one. <laughs> yeah. In fact, end of list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and anyone who's like a good law abiding citizen <laughs> is asleep at night. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. like if you've got a nine to five job, you sleep at night. Yeah, like no one's awake at night being like, God, I love doing people's taxes for them. <laughs> the nocturnal accountant. <laughs> hey, my office hours are 9 to 5, 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly that. So there's this, we have this horrible association with the night for lots and lots of reasons. Yeah. And bats kind of really took a turn. There's lots of mythology about them. Um, you know, about stealing your soul and that sort of thing. And it's mostly associated with the mm. night. But the Vampires b- turn into bats. Well, this is the big okay, one. So yeah. this is Bram Stoker's fault, really. Oh. Of all the thousands of species of bats, there are three actual vampire bats. And to be clear, they don't suck blood. Um, what they do. And like very few animals do that. Like leeches can because of the way their mm. body's shaped. But to suck blood out of something through teeth... And to have it then deposited into your mouth. Just think about that biologically for a second. That makes no sense. So you'd need um, straws <laughs> yeah. in your teeth, wouldn't you? you? Would, yeah. Yeah. It just makes no sense to me. But so that's not what they do. No, they kind of they make yeah, a little okay. bite and then they lap it up. Cute. And <laughs> what are they biting? Uh, mostly livestock. As in, but not carcasses. No. no yeah. No. All right. Yeah. So there's kind of. Like uh, all things, mm. there's some truth and some myth mm. to it. So, like, piranhas is another example of that, where Theodore Roosevelt um, lowered a cow into a tank of piranhas, a dead cow, and the piranhas was like, oh, fuck yeah, like, go for it. And <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Teddy. <laughs> I do feel like that's the character of piranhas. <laughs> yeah, like, here I am doing it again, but if they're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> For the boys, yeah. yeah. yeah the boys. Um, but um, but yeah. So the, the, that was a cow carcass, and so then people immediately were like, "God, if you go into a river with piranhas, they will just eat you until you're dead." Piranhas are detrivorous, detrivorous. Yeah, well, they eat dead stuff, so they will eat carcasses. So yes, piranhas have eaten a person before, but that person was already dead. So yeah, and there's only like one recorded instance of that. Wow. So yeah, so same sort of thing. They won't really eat carcasses. They want like the warmth, like a mosquito would. Yeah, Um, you'd you'd take a hot meal, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely, you would. Um, They're not idiots, but um, and yeah, and so because of that association, and because people all over the world are really protective of their livestock, and that's okay. I mean, in some places, that's like maybe the only thing that certain people own, and that's really important. And this, and we're talking as well. This was established at a time when yeah, livestock was very, very precious, Mm. and it is now as well. Like it's, it's a very we. I think because it gets turned into meat. We don't think of livestock as being a possession, but it is. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. And so, so farmers represent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know yeah. how many farmers listen to not. Oh, like, heaps! You <laughs> inner city people prattling on about their obsessions. <laughs> yeah. But if you're listening, we love what you do. We love what you yeah. do. Um. So, so yeah. So the vampire bat became associated with vampires as a result. Do you of that. think maybe it was Bram Stoker being really smart and being like. I can tap into something that's on the mind of people here. Mm. Like, mm. farmers are stressing about these bats. I can really take that stress and sell some books. <laughs> I don't 
know. What do you think he was like, Bram Stoker? Because he's kind of responsible for establishing lots of stuff about vampires and about this kind of um, area. But the idea of vampires has been around forever. You know, Mm. the ancient Mesopotamians had like a version of a vampire as well. What was that like? Was it a similar thing? Like someone who sucks your blood out? It's the idea that someone is undead. And that's very frightening to people. Like this, uh, unable to be categorized but it's a lot about something something like that coming to you in the night and and taking something from you whether it be blood or your soul Mm, or a a dream and vampires have been are associated with that and um bats are as well Mm. so yeah so they have this thing and you know there's lots of little touches like flourishes in history it's not just all bram stoker like um in the witches in Macbeth use the fur of a bat to make their spell and and like batman is creepy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He's isolated. He's He's know, probably troubled. the worst one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, out of all of them. And again, do not at me, nerds. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Um, I'm sorry, but have you heard of Captain Depresso? And it's like, no, I haven't, mate. <laughs> There's three superheroes. Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. There's no one else, right? Oh, and the whole bunch of them who are from comic books who fly around in a silver spaceship and Hulk's one of them. Like, that's it. That's the total sum of superheroes. Oh, yeah, I know. You think there's thousands of them, but no, mate. Maybe for you there is because that's what you do. But for the world, right, for the for the six billion people who actually matter, there's only like a handful of superheroes. This, see, this is really interesting because you always call yourself a nerd. And for people who like never met myself or Dan before, we are very good friends. And now that I've said that and it's recorded, it's the truth. <laughs> but like, Dear mum. It finally happened. I got a friend. <laughs> and I mean actively got. <laughs> yeah, I'm in his house. He made me come here and record a podcast with him. But Dan's always referred to himself as a nerd. But, like, you don't like any of the things that, like, traditional... I know. Like, you've never played a computer game as far as I'm aware. Not really. No, not since Monkey Island. Yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, my thing is I've always been, like, a nerd, but I've always hated... The baggage that comes with it. But I don't think you are a nerd. Like, yeah. I am looking at your Game of Thrones figurines. I've got Game at- of Thrones Lego and I've got, you know, all this, like... Yeah, and so you're... But you're not... I don't, yeah, yeah, like, I'd never see you at PAX, like, gaming convention. Yeah. You're not a nerd. It's- I don't know what you are. I know. I, you are very scholarly. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe I'm a boffin. Yeah, I think I think you are just a bit of a... A bit of a boffin. Yeah. I don't know. I'm definitely not a geek. No. Yeah, it's interesting. You're hard to categorize. <laughs> Thanks. Just, just like the bats. Thank you. Yeah, just like I'm a liminal creature. Yeah, you are a liminal yeah. creature. So yeah, so there is this this kind of um, it's it's uh, all of our fears associate from the unknown, and mm. that's you know, and I I include myself in that as well. Like not knowing what's going to happen is my worst my worst thing. Um, and so, <laughs> so bats have this unknown thing about them. The mm. fact that they are like us, like mammals, but they can fly. Um, and some bats, <clears throat> you know, do this and some bats do that and stuff. So there's this untold quality to them that has always frightened people, this association. But yes, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, he does turn into a vampire. Yeah, And there's like an old painting as well like the maybe dante's inferno i guess where satan is kind of seen associated with the bat yeah like if you know anything about like old white societies god they just hate satan like (laughs) they're not into him won't have a bar of it 
<laughs> weird. But so anti- weird. This weird anti-evil standpoint they all come so from. So weird. So one of the cool things, and I'm just drawing back to the topic, one of the topics I wanted to talk about for the Spooky Podcast, which is like um, the Salem Witch Trials, which is something. This like, is another one. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I really love that whole story. Um, and so... They have this whole thing of like a witch um, feeds her familiar. There's like a witch's mark where that's where the devil is supposed to have entered you. And it's also from there that you can feed your little familiar, your witch's familiar. So that's often like black cat, black cats. Yep. Um, Fun fact about black cats, because they got so associated with witchcraft, there's like hardly any in Europe because they just drowning. People kept killing them. Yeah. 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 and uh, toads, another one, and bats. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just got this reputation. But what's happened now is that their reputation is less kind of spooky in mythology and more as carriers of disease, which is, oh. in the in a lot of cases, also not true. That's um, something in my brain when you say that has made me think of fruit bats. Yeah. So yeah? Um, the Ebola virus, when the last outbreak kind of started in 2014 and this is you know it's a horrifying outbreak it, you know it killed um 11,000 people like it's terrible and oh did you watch the movie contagion oh it had like gwyneth paltrow no monkey got a monkey in my mind no, that's, that's outbreak. outbreak that's <laughs> outbreak yeah no i yeah. haven't seen contagion so contagion they actually Sure. And I mean, don't what if you are any kind of hypochondriac, which I think you are a tiny little bit, bit a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it is. It is hard to it's hard to let go of because it is basically about the if there was to be a super disease that took over the world, mm-hmm. the results it ha- would have is we'd sort of see the collapse of society, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Jude Law's character tries to do this Australian accent. He's kind of oh, I think I he's meant to be. That. Yeah, it's like meant to That's be like, like Julian Assange. Oh, yeah, it's doing my head in. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, keep going. But yeah, doing so, enough tangents. So many. <laughs> we tangents. can't put tangents in tangents. That's just not allowed. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, so Jude Law does this thing, but yeah, so it is, it's really scary and it's it's so effective as well because you are like, man, if there was this disease that spread all around the world, yeah, and people are terrified. That's mm. the thing. It's that terror that drives a lot of rampage and stuff like that. Um, and we've seen a few of these outbreaks happen before. Ebola, SARS, Zika. Flu, Zika. Where are they all now, though? That's the thing. They'll go away eventually. <laughs> they're, they're, they're definitely still around. Yeah, we've just stopped reporting them. Yeah. Who's going to write about SARS when there's sexy new Zika to talk about? Yeah, yeah. sexy Zika. My stripper name. Um, so... Yeah, so you... That event score really highly in um, Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> it would, it would score yeah. highly in Scrabble, yeah. Stick a See, Q in nerd, there. but yeah. not nerd. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so there is... So in Contagion, they kind of... They draw lots of um, elements of these real-life outbreaks that have happened together. And then they kind of show the origin of it. And it's a bat. Yeah, at the okay. very end, and you, oh, and you would have just been like, "Oh, god damn it, that's not right." No, it's a bat mixed with like a bat drops a piece of fruit into a um, pig pen, and that's kind of like oh, how it gets into the food chain. Yeah, yeah. and th- so in a, in uh, twenty fourteen, when they went to re- sort of research, okay, so they they kind of had patient zero for this outbreak, which was a toddler. What um, outbreak? Of Ebola, sorry. Cool, yeah. Um, for the last outbreak of Ebola, they had this um, 
uh, they were like patient zeros, this little toddler. And they said someone basically had decided that because he was playing under a tree, which is known to be filled with fruit bats during the day, and he somehow got it from that. And so when the researchers went to sort of check it out, it had all been burnt. Because this is the other thing that happens is in areas where there are lots of bats, the people who are frightened of being contaminated yeah. will often take it out on the bats. Far out. And this is the other thing that we love to do is as soon as an animal has in some way attacked our society, yeah. like, you know, taking Steve Irwin from us. Our response is to, yeah. to go and kill a bunch of stingrays. The WA shark cull. That is a horrifying aspect of our society. Can and I be s- political on this podcast? It's, it's awful. Do whatever you like want. It's, yeah, it's... The, the Springfield Bear Patrol. The Springfield Bear Patrol. <laughs> yeah. Lisa, I want to buy your rock. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just this this kind of system we have where we, we, we need to find the culprit. And, and ultimately, the, the culprit is far more complicated than one yeah. single bat that's dropped a piece of fruit near and, a toddler. But, like, yeah, it's <laughs> so ingrained in us to be so suspicious of what essentially is just a teddy bear with learn how to fly. <laughs> <laughs> can you do can you do some good PR for bats? Like, can you give us, like, just to round out the podcast so we end on, like, a pro-bat yeah. note? Like, hit me with, like, some of the cool coolest things, like, about bats. Well, without bats, there would be fruit trees that wouldn't exist anymore. Great. Yeah. There'd be, there's at least 130 species of fruit tree, I think in Malaysia, it's probably more than that, that rely solely on bats. And, 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 you know, and without bats as well, we'd be completely overrun by insects. Great. Someone like you said, like even a micro bat eats a thousand insects a day. Yeah, yeah. How many insects do you eat a day? None, none. Like maybe accidentally. There's all the spiders that crawl into your mouth when you sleep. I just don't think that can be true. It's not. It's It's absolutely not. not. And do you eat like? Is it like you eat eight spiders a year? Like what in one night? Because there's heaps of spiders in my room. Special on or something. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's this. There's so much that all these pollinating animals do Mm. for. You know, and what's cool is that we're so focused on the bees, and there's all this like very attractive save the bee stuff. My hope, I is- mean, in your world, there is like I'm, I know you're like, and I mean, of course, everyone's obsessed with that's like your filter bubble, like because you click like on bee articles, you get more of them. I think most people are like, what? There's a problem with bees while they're squeezing their honey. Oh, why did you do it like that? He did like a weird like teat mime. Do you think honey comes out of boobs? No, that was me squeezing a bottle of honey. Oh, okay. Onto like my pancakes. Down. Okay, yeah. I'm gotcha. not squeezing it out of a bee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bees, time for milking. <laughs> I don't understand why all these bees keep dying and you just like squash them with your gigantic Lenny Small's fist. <laughs> I, I'm the guy who's collapsing the colonies <laughs> trying to milk out the honey. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so um, bats are completely necessary for our whole society yeah, like wow. and i'm not afraid of saying that the other thing that we've never spoken about before now in our lives <laughs> is is of course their their poo is really valuable. guano yeah it's guano, guano. like from yes. ace ventura too yeah i don't know i just remember you know you when you store a fact away and i what well, the second you read that or hear on a podcast that bat poo is called guano it just locks in your brain right yeah. well guano is filled with like nitrates and phosphates that are so amazing for fertilizing and it was actually like the backbone of south american economy for a while great before artificial fertilizers came in 
excuse me, and started taking over. They just relied on this thing. It's incredible. Like it's, it's this incredible fertilizer. And again, none of this is by mistake. Yeah. So one thing that humans really don't like knowing is that we are constantly tricked by nature all the time. The biggest trick that nature ever has ever played is fruit. Because basically the flesh of a fruit or whatever is around the seed is just there so you eat the fruit so that the seed travels somewhere. Oh. So things like the avocado really may not have continued to exist were it not for gigantic megafauna you know, some like the ancient relative of, of yeah, tapir or something. Big thing with tusks. Yeah. yeah. Being able to have an anus big enough to poo out the seed of a prehistoric avocado. Wow. So all of that is tricks and traps by nature to to spread and to to like keep that going. And you know, bats are one of the most important elements of that. Wow. Because there's just so many of them that we cannot, cannot underestimate how important they've been for the world we live in now. So next time you come home and you see that your relative has had their blood sucked out, don't blame bats. Mm. Absolutely don't blame bats. It's, and don't go and destroy a bat roost. Yeah, don't. And never destroy a bat roost. Don't do that. Instead, go, you know what? Bats give us fruit. <laughs> they give us lack of insects. They give us fertilizer. So, you know, it's bad <laughs> PR. The big three. They've just got bad PR. That's they, the only problem. It's exactly that. And and with all the spookiness that's associated with them, yeah. But Should I feel bad about doing a Halloween special about bats? No, I assume <laughs> that the people that listen to this, I mean, we've just alienated farmers and nerds. So <laughs> I thought we were pro-farmer, but yeah, maybe it came across the wrong way. <laughs> I just think that if there was like an Avengers fan that was listening to this podcast and then when he heard your rant before, he's like, and I'm calling him a he, it could be a she. See, yeah, I do it too. but it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah, that's, um, that's my little spiel on bats. They're right. really amazing. And they, they don't spread disease as much as people think. Obviously, don't touch one if you see one. Um, probably just like ask for its consent first. Yeah, well, at least, at the very exactly, least that. Exactly, right? But, um, That's a good rule for anything. Yeah. All animals carry bacteria just like we do. Like if I was to bite you now and I drew blood, <laughs> my mouth is filled with bacteria. Breathe. Breathe. Please stop. Breathe. 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 No, stop that. A- <laughs> breathe. Please. Please. <laughs> Some good radio acting there, Dan. <laughs> it's like I did it for 10 years or something. All right. Well, thanks for coming to my house, Bree. That's all right. Thanks, Fran. Fran? Fran. <laughs> and I'm keeping that in. You know what? Thanks, Dan. You went to I say don't... friend and Dan, and he said, thanks, Fran. <laughs> good. Good stuff. Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBooth is pretty much made entirely by me, Dan DeBooth, except for the music, which is by Caleb Garfinkel, and the artwork, which is by David Ferrier and Joe Kutrin.